It has happened. The New York Jets are acquiring future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. The deal is done. A blockbuster trade as the Jets get arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of their franchise. Wow. The wait is finally over. And you can think about Super Bowl and Jets in the same sentence in the 2023 season. Holy smokes. What a time to be a fan of gang green and me and Kaz are going to break it all down. We'll talk about the trade, what the jets gave up, what they got. And we look ahead to the NFL draft. The jets go from 13 to 15. Who will they take in the first round and what other players and positions will they target in the rest of the draft to talk about that pro football network, NFL draft analyst, Tony Pauline is going to join us. Oh baby. We got a, Act edition, an NFL draft slash Aaron Rodgers is a jet edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. And it's coming up next. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here with Brian Costello. We were all ready to tell you the latest on Aaron Rodgers. We were going to, you know, go through the draft, which we, we will do with draft expert Tony Pauline a little bit later in the show. But about 15 minutes, Kaz, before I was about to hit publish on the episode we recorded, the Aaron Rodgers trade finally happened. Much to the delight of you, as you will be coaching your daughter's uh, a softball game on Tuesday. Yep. Yep. You'll be coaching on Tuesday, so that news didn't break then. I thought you mushed it, because I, I thought you had said tonight you were coaching. I'm like, oh my god. No. He called it. <laughs> the trade is done. Adam Schefter reported that one first, and the official deal is the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. They swap the 15th and 13th pick, so Jets will now pick 15th, and we'll give our mock of that pick. We got to switch up what we were thinking. Two picks. Uh, Our guys could be gone. They will get a 2023 fifth round pick from the Packers. They give up 13th, like I said, second round pick, which we expected, number 43, sixth round pick. And then the kicker, the interesting one, was the conditional one next year. That's a second rounder. Now, Rodgers, if you play 65% of the plays, that will become a first rounder. And I did the math just to make sure, and it's a little. It was more confusing because it's seventeen games now, uh, twelve or more games essentially. If Rodgers pl- plays, that becomes a first round pick. There's your conditional pick. The number that has been decided, he'll replace Elijah Moore's number eight with his college number number eight. So he will not take Joe Namath's number. Because this is a historic moment in franchise history. It's a guy with 10 seasons of 4,000-plus passing yards. The Jets have had one guy do that ever, and that is the aforementioned Joe Namath in 1967. He immediately on paper becomes the greatest quarterback in the history of the franchise. And finally, the saga is over, and I'm waiting for the, uh, the T's to be crossed, the I's to be dotted, because the Jets haven't tweeted it yet. But it looks like Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. Yeah, it's going to be a while, Jake, before the eyes are dotted and he's across. He's reworking his contract. That has to be worked with the Packers. Then it has to be worked with the Jets. So this could take, I know you don't want to wait any longer, but this could take a little while before it's official. And Jake, you said the 43 pick. It's the 42 that okay. they gave up. They still have the 43. So, no, I mean, it's been a long wait. And we thought, you know, thought the draft would move things along. And it did. 
think this became critical for the Packers this week to get something done. You know, uh, I reported last week that the 2024 pick was what was holding things up. I think they reached a compromise there because I think it's likely to be a first round pick. So the Packers can say they won. It's not a first round pick right now. So the Jets can say they won on that. Like no one caved per se. If Rodgers doesn't play 65% of the snaps, this is a pretty big swing and a miss. So I think it'll likely end up being a first round pick next year and the Packers will get what they wanted. You know, I think the Jets gave up a lot, but it could be worth it. What do you right? say to the people who say the Jets were fleeced? Because I don't necessarily nah, agree I don't with think that. they were fleeced. I, you know, people are like, oh, they win the trade. I, talk to me in a year, right? I, I don't know how you can say right now the Jets did, did this, the Jets did that. Like, if the Jets go 12-5, and five, win the division, and go to the AFC Championship game, and Rodgers says, I'm coming back for another year. The Jets win, yeah. You're happy with what you gave up, right? Like, it's not, it's not necessarily the Packers lost. Like, the Packers will be happy if Jordan Love plays well, and they have the Jets' first-round pick next year. They should be happy. But I don't think – I mean, this is the society we live in of debate shows, right? So it has to be who won, who lost right now. We don't know. If, if, if Rodgers goes out and – gets hurt and the Jets don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Everyone gets fired and they gave up too much for that, but we don't, this is going to depend on the outcome and and people are just going to have to wait and see what, how this plays out. But right now you can say, Hey, this is a gamble. It's a big gamble. They're, they're, they're gambling a lot here, but the potential winnings are, are huge. And I think where the Jets are at with their roster, they have some good young players. They have a potentially a very good defense on paper coming back. It's been 12 years of no playoffs. They have not had a winning season since 2015. Joe Douglas has been here since June of 2019. Robert Sal is entering his third season as a head coach. It's time, right? I've argued against stuff, the Jets. I've argued against Khalil Mack and all these other trades through the years because the Jets were not in a position to win. The Jets are in a position to win. They need a quarterback. They got one now. Maybe it doesn't work, and maybe they have to blow the whole thing up. But maybe it does, Jake. And you and all your other Jets fans right now, you can dream. You can dream and you can say, hey, why not us? We can win the Super Bowl, right? And that is not something you've ever heard come out of my mouth before because this is the first time since 2011 that I've thought that was even a possibility. Can we put that in the Kaz Audio Video Hall of Fame? I mean, can we put that clip in a Canton? I want that a loop. <laughs> that may make that, make that my ringtone tomorrow uh, when we publish this episode. And you're not wrong. I mean, there's a reason to be positive about this team because also the pieces around them and they're not done yet. There's still more moves to be made. There's a draft on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's more picks to be had. And you could see the investment is there that, you know, they're going to put all the chips in the in the table. This isn't just a yeah. playoff mandate for the Jets. They need to get to like the AFC championship, arguably the Super Bowl. I don't think Salas gets fired if they don't make yeah, the AFC championship. Yeah, I don't think it's a mandate. But, but yeah, yeah, I think, you, I, well, let's see how it goes. Like, right, we, we you discovered that last year. At the beginning of the year, your expectations were here, right? And then when they started the season and they, after the end of October, your expectations went up here and then they crashed, right? So let's see how it goes. And there's still work to be done, Jake, right? The offensive line worries me. They're going to have to, I really believe, they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. They might have to do some other stuff. They have to hope Makai Becton can come back or Dwayne Brown could be 100%. So I don't think this move elevates them above the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals right now. Those are still the top teams in the AFC, but they're in the conversation. And once you get in the playoffs, like the Bengals a couple of years ago has proved it. Who knows what could happen? You, you, they, any, any team can make a run. You know, the Jets have to hope Rodgers has some magic left in him like Brady did when he went to Tampa Bay. 
like Peyton Manning did when he went to Denver. We've seen some of these quarterbacks move on late in their career and have success. Peyton wasn't quite as old, but he still was coming off a neck injury and, and did what he did. So they're a better team right now than they were five hours ago. I'm not ready to say they can't beat the Bills. I think they could be right there. I would say they can't beat the Bills, but they're not. Right now, if you're doing tiers, right, you're saying tier one of the AFC. It's Buffalo, it's Cincinnati, it's Kansas City. Those teams have proven it consistently for the last few years, have been the, the class of the AFC. Can the Jets join them? Maybe. But right now where I'm sitting, I'm not saying, oh, they're automatically in that tier. I think they're right there and they could jump into that tier. It is just an amazing time to be a Jets fan. Sauce Gardner has immediately changed his profile picture on Twitter to Aaron Rodgers in the Cal uniform, number eight. And, you know, Sauce deserves some credit here. You know, I, I know there might have been a little tampering, we'll call it, but he texted Rodgers, the cheese head, and Rodgers said, why do you still have, have that? And, and he said, I envision this. I knew it was going to be a chance you became a Jet. I'm waiting for you to become a Jet so I could burn it. We could win a Super Bowl together. And Rodgers, and this pumped me up, he said, would be a pretty sick story, wouldn't it? Well, the story has become a reality, and this team is stacked. And I know the Jets ticket office, who raised season ticket prices, uh, are <laughs> calling are calling the ticket holders and the people who have not my season tickets and uh, smiling and saying, hey, uh, are you interested now? Because this is must-see TV, and the, the the schedule comes out in a month, but you know they're already saying the Jets could have up to six primetime games, which is your disaster, I think. It, it's not great for the podcast recording schedule. But bad news, Jake, for there's me. There's a chance a third of these games, Kaz, are night and primetime. Oh, the Jets why? went from why are you doing this to me? I just said every nice week things. To prime I just said time. nice things for you. I said nice things, and then you, you have to remind me. I know. Well, listen, it, it means these games are must see TV, and the Jets are on the top of the relevancy charts. And it's been a while. I mean, the Jets haven't been this good potentially since this guy right here, Dustin Keller. I got to remove the number one, so it's just an eight jersey. I got to tape right, over. Yeah. From Keller to Elijah Moore jerseys are going to at least you won't have to throw those away now. A lot of people said that they said they'll keep their Moore jersey and just replace the name, put the sticker over it. Not a bad idea if you want to save a few bucks. Jerseys are expensive these days, but this is, I mean, this offense is going to be fun, guys. I mean, Rogers, as long as they can protect them. Jake. I know, but then that's then line, that's the next the step here in the draft. Line. Yeah, the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, is but the big I mean, mark. you know, it's a big question. It's not just who they draft because that guy can only do so much. He's going to be a rookie. Can Lakin Tomlinson have a bounce back here? Can Elijah Vera Tucker return from his injury and be what we saw in the first seven weeks last year? What do you get from Becton? What do you get from Dwayne Brown? There's a lot of question marks. Uh, but you know, at times the line was okay last year. It's just injuries really decimated them. Can they put together a good offensive line? Because we've seen it, Jake, no matter who you are. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the Bucs, he couldn't do anything because the offensive line couldn't protect him. So no matter how good a quarterback you are, you need to be protected. Yeah, that's the next step. But like when you look at his targets, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, who's still here. I mean, we thought that was a lock that he's got. And now he's like your number three receiver. Uh, You have McCole Hardman as a four. You still got Denzel Mims. You got the tight ends in Conklin and Uzama, Brees Hall in the backfield, Bam, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and Brees comes back healthy. That I mean, you look on paper, it's it's almost like a video game. Besides the offensive line, it is a video game roster in some ways. But as we know, you got to see how it translates on the field. And the Jets have hit, uh, were hit by the injury bug last year, so uh, that could always happen. But man, looking at this team from afar and on paper, I am pumped up. Jets fans should be thrilled. And it's going to be fun covering this team and doing this show. And 
every week they are going to be in in the spotlight in a year where Rodgers, you know, this could be his last year. He might have one. He might have two years. He'll turn 40 years old on December 2nd. So this is his year age 40 season. And he might have a two year window here for the Jets to win a championship. And it hasn't happened since 1969. And these fans are just craving a championship. It's been good times here in New York with the Knicks playing well, Rangers playing well, Mets, Yankees, but you know, playoffs is just nice, but I think there should be a Super Bowl expectation. Not saying guys should get fired. Uh, expectation uh, is tough, Jake. I the Super Bowl, you know how many things have to go right for you to get to the Super Bowl? Right? Injury wise, schedule wise, just there's just a million things have to go right. I think expectation is tough. I think expectations right now are the playoffs. You hope for the Super Bowl. Other than Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I would say that's probably the expect or the and probably the Eagles because they got that right. Those teams can have the expectation of the Super Bowl. Everyone else, it's a hope, right? You gotta expect to make the playoffs. And like I said, you can now dream of the Super Bowl, Jake, which is something in Vegas you have not been able to do in a while. Right? How about this? I mean, put your, put your cards in a Vegas and go to Vegas for the Super Bowl. We joked about it. Could happen in Vegas, the Super Bowl in Vegas. Yes, that'll be something. God, Jets fans at a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Can you imagine what that would be like? God, you'll be, getting, you'll be signing autographs out there. You'll be taking <laughs> selfies with fans. I'll, I'll, I'll Pete Rose. I'll do a show with Pete Rose out there. <laughs> um, I remember Jake being in Indianapolis for the AFC Championship game after the 09 season. And have you ever been to Indianapolis, Jake, or Indiana? No, you ever never been, been. Never ever been to the Midwest, Jake? Uh, Chicago, if that counts. Uh, Chicago doesn't it. count. The rest of the rest, like Chicago's a city. They're like places like Indianapolis, and yeah, they they move a little different pace than we do, Jake. They're very nice people, very cordial. I remember walking to the game. Uh, was at the old RCA Dome and seeing Jets fans like getting in people's faces, doing the J E T S chant, and the people from Indianapolis just would smile and laugh. They got such a kick out of Jets fans. Now, if you add the Vegas quotient to it, holy cow, what that would be like. We are no longer the laughing stock of the league. It is our time. We have waited long enough, and the time has come. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't want to be wild card and first-round playoff exit. Give me a ring. Put a ring on my finger. I won't get one from a girl for a while, so get one from the Jets, maybe the Mets this year. And you know I bing bong that up with that parlay with the Mets and Jets, so that'll pay a you know a few months' rent if that hits, and that would be lovely as well. You did and, Mets, Jets, and Knicks, right? I, well, I did one with Mets and Jets that would win like sixteen hundred for like five dollars or ten dollars, and then the one I tweeted out was <laughs> Mets, Rangers, Knicks, Jets, which would win a dollar to win one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. So Mets, it, if Jets, that hits, I quit. Knicks and Rangers. All right. Well, you're alive, right? You're alive. I'm still alive, at least for another week or two. If the Knicks could take off the Cavs here. And that is that Aaron Rodgers is jet. And that should become officially, officially, officially official uh, at some point, hopefully soon. Well, yeah, we don't panic the- about that, but it's, it's just got to they got to work out the contract stuff. Well, it is a historic time in Jets land blocking for him and, you know, getting him the ball will be Connor McGovern, which we don't need to touch upon much now because we touched enough 
on we the, led, the, the last time we recorded this, we led with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Rogers was or like, Connor what's McGovern. the latest? What's the latest? Well, Connor yeah. McGovern was the biggest news of the day. And he just got obliterated. Yeah, he went from the A block to the D block on this program right now. Uh, so we that was a little bit surprising. But you think maybe he they get someone in the draft. Maybe he's not the starter. Who knows? Uh, I think, I yeah, I don't think it, it precludes him from taking someone in the draft. But it might be a little later in the draft than we talked about. It might not be the second round anymore. Do they take one later that can, you know, he Connor McGovern can be the starter for this year and they, they move him in later. I don't know. I, I think he's like an insurance policy right now. All right. Well, we will do everything draft coming up with Tony Pauline from pro football network, but cause now the jets moved down two picks. So I don't know if that changes your mock selection, but with the 15th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, Brian Costello, AKA Joe Douglas of the New York jets selects. I use the PFF mock draft simulator, which is a lot of fun. So I'm going to take a tackle. You know, I think they need to take a tackle. And Paris Johnson was gone. Peter Skaronsky was gone. So I'm taking Broderick Jones from Georgia at number 15. He was still there at 15 when I did it. I'm going to take offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. 333 pounds. He is a big fella. He had a great year last year after having day three grades going in the last year. And anyone who's 6'5", 333, who went to Tennessee is good with me. He's the fourth ranked player at the position. I think the he's Jets a right be- tackle, Jake. So just know that he's a right tackle. So he won't play left. Yeah, well, they they could use a right tackle because I think Mekhi Becton should get back to his regular position. I know he has to earn it, but I think he he means business this year because this is a do or die year for me. I like Jones because I think Jones, I think you can play him at right tackle to begin. Like if Makai is good or they think Dwayne Brown is good, they want to keep him at left tackle, play him for a year. And then I think he could shift over to left tackle next year, assuming Brown's not going to be here another year and if Becton leaves in free agency. Yeah, well, Paris Johnson was my first choice, but I think uh, he'll probably be, be, I think. Yeah, Yeah. he'll probably be off the board. So I'll take Darnell Wright. Well, to talk more about the draft and what else the Jets will do with their uh, newfound picks or loss of picks, we'll be joined by Tony Pauline next on Gangs All Here. You know, we've come a long way in two years. There's a lot of excitement around the organization, and it's, uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of. Gangs all here podcast, Jake Brown, Brian Costello here with a guy. It's like Maneater, uh, the song. Uh, he only comes out during draft. It's Tony Pauline. He is on, it feels like, every show in America at this point. NFL draft analyst at profootballnetwork.com. And I like him more now because I learned he's a Mets season ticket holder. And as we all know, I'm probably the one of the biggest Mets fans on the planet. So are you a Jets fan too? Like, I guess journalistically, I guess you can't say, but or, do you grow up a Jets fan? Uh, the last time I missed attending a Jets home game was when Richard Todd hit Jerome Barkham in the end zone in Shea Stadium. The Jets beat the Miami Dolphins to take over first place in the AFC East in November of 1981. I've been to every New York Jets home game, regular season and postseason game, attended every game since then. Although I can't, I can't really say I'm much of a fan anymore. I just go and shake my head and, you know, know the inevitable. How do we not know this, Kaz? Tony, were you at the draft when they took Kyle Brady? I just saw the video, the ESPN video of that, and I, I'm like, that looks like Tony. No, that's, that, that's that's my handsome brother. But but here's okay. a here's a little uh, <laughs> here's a little bit more draft trivia. You remember the Roger Vick? Oh no, Roger yeah. Vick. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. This that's guy you? Right here. <laughs> and, and that's a story in and of itself, which is very interesting if you want to get into. The floor is yours. Let's hear it. Well, really what happened was, I mean, the the whole Roger Vick 
issue was it goes back to the Mike hate draft, right? Because Kenny O'Brien played well at the end of the 84 season. He played incredibly well in 1985. The Jets needed a good left tackle to protect him. They took Mike hate in 1986 and Mike hate was a disaster. I mean, he was a fifth round guard on most people's boards. So they have, you know, they go through the uh, 86 season where they're 10 and one, and then everything collapses the last five games of the year. And then they lose that disastrous game at playoff uh, game in Cleveland in, in double overtime. So Giants, of course, win the uh, win the Super Bowl, which is a real, another kick in the in the ribs for Jeff fans. So you're, we're heading towards the 1987 draft. The Jets still have a desperate need at left tackle. And I remember reading Joe Walton in his pre-draft media media press conference talking about how if the Jets had run the ball better late in the game against Cleveland, they would have won the game and gone to the AFC Championship game. And I'm saying, great, left tackle, right? You had Harris Barton available. Bruce Armstrong was available. Jets need a left tackle. And then I'm reading about Roger Vick. I'm like, they can't take this guy, Roger Vick. You, you, you got to take either Harris Barton or, or, or Bruce Armstrong. And then, you know, he, he get Pete Roselle gets out there, you know, you're Jack, select. And it's like he knew I was there and he knew how I was going to react. <laughs> Pull back. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 because I wanted the left tackle. Of course, we all know what happened to Roger Vick. Harris Barton was a multiple Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl performer. Bruce Armstrong had a great career at, at left tackle. And the Jets ended up with Jeff Criswell. And then, you know, they drafted Dave Cadigan, Jeff Criswell. Jets really didn't have a good left tackle or consistent left tackle until they selected uh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. All the people. Just 20 years later. That's all. Do we met that Tony as a new co-host of the show? I didn't know you were this big of a Jets guy, Tony. Hey, you know, and we're and we're in the same. The Jets are in the same position this year as far as needing a left tackle, aren't they? Yeah. There we go. Segway. Yeah. What a segue to break it down for us. 13th pick. You know, they signed Connor McGovern to center today. We surprised some fans that they pulled that off here before the draft. But uh, what do you like? Well, I would like one of the left tackles to fall to the Jets. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I, you know, the, the Jets are actually in a unusual position and they don't have a lot of needs, but the needs that they have on the offensive line are desperate needs. I mean, they really need two tackles. They need, even though they sign Connor McGovern, they still have a desperate needed center. You don't know what you're getting from Makai Becton if he comes back. The guy hasn't played good football, productive football in three years. Is he a left tackle? Is he a right tackle? I mean, Ali Vera Tucker is your only asset on the offensive line, your consistent asset on the offensive line, and he's coming back from an injury. So they don't have a lot of needs, but they've got just so many desperate needs on the offensive line. You got to hope that Broderick Jones falls down there. I don't think there's a chance that happens. And I think Paris Johnson is going to go much earlier than people think. Did they take, take Pete Skaronsky? Pete Skaronsky is not a left tackle. You're going to have to play him at guard, maybe right tackle. So, I mean, that would be at the top of the wish list. So, Tony, if I'm hearing you correctly, you think it's Johnson and Jones and then everybody else. Because Darnell Wright is also a guy that's been mentioned. I think he's a right tackle as well. And Skaronsky. But do you, you think Jones and Johnson are, are in a class, like a tier above those guys? Hands down. I mean, your next left tackle would be Anton Harrison of Oklahoma. And I have him as a second round pick. Maybe he slides into the late part of round one. Uh, because the need of left tackle is so great, everybody's quarterback crazy. But left tackle is still a priority position in the NFL draft. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I do not think that Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones will be available when the Jets are called to the clock. Do you think if one of those tackles is off the board and they don't trade down, any shot they take a receiver there? 
I was told on Saturday, and I reported uh, yesterday, that Jackson Smith Najigba is absolutely in the conversation. I was surprised to hear that, but I'm told he is abs- he's he's in the conversation, and they are at, they would definitely consider him. And if no left tackles there, I mean, where you're looking, you maybe Brian Brise at defensive tackle. I liked Brian Branch a lot from Alabama, the safety, but he ran four five eight at the combine. And how early can you draft the defensive back who runs four five eight at the combine? So I think I think yes, absolutely. From what I've been told, Jackson Smith Nigba is in the conversation. But that may be all. That may be another reason why they could look to trade down because a team like Minnesota or another team that wants to trade up and get Smith Nigba, who is absolutely the number one receiver in this year's draft, could look to move up with the Jets to ensure Smith Nigba. This is assuming he gets past Houston at twelve. Yeah, I was going to say Tony. I, it's clear they want another receiver, right? Like they they flirted with Odell. They feel like they need another guy that can sort of attract attention away from Garrett Wilson. They they don't feel like they really have that burner in there that can that can draw some coverage. So, is Smith and Jigba that guy? I, I you know I'm not sure, but everyone says he's the number one guy. But it feels like the receivers in this class, from like maybe right around where the Jets are picking till the end of the first round, there's going to be a run on these receivers, right? Addison, Hyatt, Flowers, Johnson, all kind of kind of feel like they they figure in somewhere in the twenties and maybe somebody gets anxious and wants to move up to get Smith and Jig, but I could see that to me, you know, offensive line is the greatest need, but defensive line is also a need here after they lost, you know, Rankins in free agency. What's the defensive interior defensive line class look like in your eyes, Tony beyond Jalen Carter, you know, obviously he's not going to be there. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Brian Brise. I, yeah, I, I'm higher on Brian Brise of Clemson more than other people. He didn't have a good campaign in 2022, although a lot of it wasn't his own issues. His sister tragic, younger sister tragically died of brain cancer. He had a liver, uh, a liver infection, and the medication he was taking because of the liver infection caused great uh, sways in his weight. He's an athletic guy. If you go back to Brian Brise early in his Clemson career, everyone thought he was going to be a top ten pick. I think he'd be a great fit for the Jets system. I think he'd be a terrific compliment putting him next to Quinton Williams. And I think he could develop into a star down the road. Now, second round, Mozzie Smith of uh, Michigan, a big, tough, thug, you know, punch in the face type of defensive tackle. Very athletic at 323 pounds. Been a big fan of Mozzie Smith. Everyone talked about David Hutch- uh, Aiden Hutchinson and David Najabu last year, talking about Mike Morris this year. Those guys were able to do a lot of the things that they did because number 58, Mozzie Smith, was on the inside collecting blockers, occupying the gaps, and just holding up the line and putting those guys on one-on-one blocking situations on the outside. So I think Mozzie Smith is another guy. You know, the problem is they don't have a, a, a pick in the third round where maybe a guy like Gervin Dexter of Florida would go. I think he's another big athletic guy. Basically, he's just tapping into his potential had a great uh, combine workout. Even in day three, I mean, they could get a guy like a Kobe Turner of Wake Forest, a smaller, quicker, explosive guy. Cameron Young of Mississippi State there. If they want the bigger space eater, more of your zero technique guy, someone like uh, Gerard Clark of Coastal Carolina. I-, I think there'll be good defensive tackles literally from day from the second round through day three that they can get who would be good compliments to Quentin Williams. And that's really what you're looking for, right? Yep, exactly. Back to the offensive line. One, what do you think of uh, McGovern coming back? Two, do you think it changes their approach at all here in the draft? I mean, you know, it's, it's nice that they they brought him back. I mean, he fills the he plugs the hole momentarily, but 
there's a reason why he's been on the free agent market through the middle of April. I mean, if he if he was good, they would have re-signed him or someone else would have signed him. I mean, he's a space filler for the time being. It could also be that they feel they're going to take a center in round two. Luke Whipler is a guy that I've talked about for the longest time now. And Luke Whipler or even Ricky Stromberg of Arkansas, who they like a lot, although they're going to have to maneuver because he's going to go somewhere uh, in, in round three. It could be a situation where they brought McGovern in because they're going to draft one of these guys somewhere along day two. And these guys may not be ready to start week one in the NFL. So you bring McGovern in, you have him start the month of September. And then if you select Luke Whipler or of uh, Ohio State or Ricky Schaumburg of Arkansas, you're going to develop them. And hopefully by the middle of the season, those guys will be your starting centers. I'll jump back to defense, Tony, because another hole I see is linebacker. They didn't resign Quan Alexander. He, he could cut, he's a guy I could see them bringing him back after the draft and the way things break. But right now, they don't really have the third linebacker. You know, Quincy Williams is promising. CJ Mosley's getting older. He's not going to be here forever. Day two, again, they don't have the third round pick, but second round, I can see them going linebacker. What, what, is, what, are the, what does this class look like in terms of day two and then day three if they have to go there for linebacker? It's kind of tough because some of your top linebackers, whether it be Jake Camp- Jack Campbell of uh, Iowa, Drew Sanders of Arkansas, Trenton Simpson of Clemson, I don't know that those guys are going to be available where they where when the Jets are called to the clock with that first pick in round two. If they are and one of them are there, obviously that's got to be uh, one of the players you kind of look at because they're they're all special in their own ways. I mean, Jack Campbell's a complete three down linebacker. Jack Campbell at Iowa. Uh, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, he's a tough, up-the-field, you know, run-defending uh, LB. Trenton Simpson doesn't have the great instincts of the other two, but he's a superior athlete. I mean, great run-and-chase-pursuit linebacker. Day three, you'll be able to get a good guy in day three, I believe, anyway. Jeremy Banks of Tennessee, who's like a track athlete out on the field, a little bit smaller at six foot one half inch 225 pounds, but he covers a lot of area. Juan Alexander-type goes sideline to sideline. Outstanding in pursuit, but he's got some size limitations. And for any orgy of uh, Vanderbilt, another, I think, a solid type of guy. Very tough. I mean, he looks the part. I got to meet him at the Shrine game, shook his hand. He almost took my hand off uh, off the wrist. He's, he's that big and tough. And he ran much faster at the combine, ran almost two-tenths faster at the combine than anybody thought. So, I mean, there'll be some decent guys in day three. I don't. I like the defensive tackle class. As far as filling a need for the Jets in day three, then I do the linebacker position. I'm Cinco de Mayo. Do you take a trip to Cabo and never think about the draft for a few weeks and just get away from it all? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. Actually, this year, uh, my daughter is in Ohio State. She's coming back, and then we're going to go to Disney World for a week, which is unusual. But I usually start, once the draft is over, two weeks later, I'll start watching the tape for the next year's draft. So usually middle of May, end of May, I'll start watching the film to get ready for 2024. Look at that, Kaz. He goes right back at it. I see in the background, you got a TV and a tape right now, like a VCR or something. So you might legit be watching tapes back there no in that room. That you're in. No days uh, off. I, I am old school to a fault. <laughs> I love it. Maybe a Blu-ray player back there that, that had a little time. In Tony, it. how do you go about getting the film? I'm always curious with this. Like, do, do the colleges help you with the film? Do, you, do Is YouTube now the way to go to, to watch games? Like, what, what do you do to watch film? Yeah, I, YouTube you can. I mean, I've been in the business for 25 years. I do have a lot of friends in the league, so they will hook me up. 
you know, you can watch the old 22 film here, there and everywhere. So, you know, when I need it, I, I, I'll go to them and I'll tap into them. And yeah, eventually they, they, they should make this stuff public or, or basically sell it to people, you know, they, I mean, they, they can make a up. fortune. They can make a fortune. Everyone wants to be a draft expert on Twitter. And like they, these people would watch, they'd watch Ole Miss, you know, against Auburn all 22, if they could buy it. Like I, I, it, it, that, that is a untapped thing. Where the, the draft world, they they would make a fortune doing that. And the schools that, that that happened with the schools years ago. It's another story where the schools were uh, were voluntarily handing over the film over to the NFL, and all of a sudden the film showed up on NFL Network during the broadcast, and the school said, "Hey, we want to get paid for this now," and they did significantly by uh, the NFL. I got one more Jets one for you, Tony. Um, we talked about receiver. If they don't take Smith and Jigba, is there a day three receiver you like a lot? That that you know fans should keep an eye on that that might make sense for the Jets. Demario Douglas out of Liberty. He's kind of a he's a, a lesser man, a poor man's version of Zay Flowers, if you will. Sort of similar size, five eight and a half, hundred and eighty pounds. Super elusive, super quick route runner. Watch the Arkansas game if you can. Arkansas couldn't stop the guy uh, for the small guy from Liberty. Was it Shrine game practices? Could not be covered at trying game practices. I, I mean, he's not Elijah Moore fast, but he's got decent deep speed. Much better route runner, much more disciplined route runner than Elijah Moore. Fundamentally sound uh, pass catcher. You know, the thing is, he's five eight and a half, 180 pounds. That's going to kind of uh, less, lessen his attractiveness and he played at Liberty come draft day. So I think that's a guy – that would be an excellent fit for the system, and he'll double as a return specialist. I mean, Braxton Berrios gone. You're going to need a return guy. I think Demario uh, Douglas of Liberty in that fifth round area is somebody that, uh, if you're looking in that direction, you got to consider. It could be an exciting year in uh, East Rutherford. I'm still concerned about the offensive line. I think you've got to be. Yeah, it, you know, obviously it's going to be upgraded at the uh, at the quarterback position. But and I thought the offensive line is poorly talented as it was last year. Played well in spurts, but you you know you, you got to worry about the offensive line. And even if they draft guys or they select guys, you know how many rookies are you going to be relying on to be starters on an offensive line playing in front of Aaron Rodgers? So uh, I've always been a big offensive line guy. I've always prioritized left tackle, and for me. That's a sore spot. I, I mean, if they can't get a left tackle, do they keep a Vera Tucker out there at left tackle who played well at left tackle last year at times and, you know, was a good left tackle at USC? Yeah, we'll see how this ends up playing out. Um, it's going to be interesting, but you don't seem to be all in on the Makai Becton train. You said, I mean, you said you were at the gym this morning. I thought Makai Becton's daily selfies at the gym were motivating you to go to the gym this morning. No, no, not at all. Maybe all the abuse that he took last year is, uh, is uh, motivating. Actually, what motivated him was uh, the change in scenery at, at the training facility. He's now training at a place called Parisi, New Jersey. I reported from the Shrine game that he was down to 367. And I reported a few weeks ago, he's down to 355. So the training's going well, you know, and credit to Mikai Becton. He's got, he's got it all going on. He's got it going in the right direction. But the guy hasn't seen the football, but the guy's barely played football in two years. You hope he can get back to where he was as a rookie. And, and still even, you know, the thing that people tend to miss is usually those offensive linemen, those taller offensive linemen with the long limbs and the long legs, except for a few cases, they don't have longevity because they have got such long legs. Those legs are exposed to injury. And that often happens, you know, you, you, again, <laughs> like guy you said with Zach Wilson a year ago, hope for the best, expect the worst. 
Yeah, they're not relying on Becton as much as they were relying on Wilson last year. I'll give them that. Because they, they know, I think, that it's a crapshoot with him. I mean, Dwayne Brown, too, is coming off shoulder surgery, and he's 38 years old, so you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You know, I, I think the changes we've seen in Becton are great. I think the change in agencies helped him a lot. I think he's got he's getting some be- much better advice about what to do with his career. And you've mentioned some of that, Tony, with Parisi and staying in New Jersey. The only question I have right now for Becton is, is he in a mindset where he's willing to play right tackle? Because I've seen some things on social media where he's like, I'm a left tackle, I'm a left tackle. I, I don't think he should be like that right now. I think he has to realize hey, I haven't played in two years. I should just go wherever they put me. And I know he wasn't happy last year at right tackle at the beginning of training camp. He was he was grumbling about that to teammates. So uh, he's been he's clearly been humbled. I'm not sure if he's been humbled all the way, though. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how they they navigate this. You're not going to know anything until August. They don't do anything. These linemen do nothing in May and June, especially guys coming off surgery. So we're, we're not going to know anything until till we see why. With the, with the uh, Hall of Fame game, they start a little earlier, but July we'll see July and August what he looks like. Not only that is, you know, you talk about the change in agencies. Sports stars represents him now in New, in New York, and I'm sure they're going to beat into his head. Listen, if you play right tackle, just make sure you play good because this is your fourth year. <laughs> and if you play off the charts, you know, hopefully they uh, they keep that five year tag on you and, and you start you get paid. So uh, hopefully uh, for for the Beck for Beckton and the Jets. You know, where wherever they put you, just just play lights out. Just play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. well, listen, I like to give him a shot of left tackle and see see what happens, but we'll see if he could stay on the field. Tony Pauline at Tony Pauline on Twitter, NFL draft analyst at profootballnetwork.com and a Mets and a Jets guy. So he's our guy here in New York City. Tony, we appreciate you coming on and enjoy your uh, post draft vacation. Take a nice break. I will. Led Zeppelin as well. Mets, Jets, and Led Zeppelin. Can't forget that. Oh, yeah, Tony. That you're, that Led That's Zeppelin. right up Cosmos right Alley, right? There. Jake doesn't know who Led Zeppelin is. So. Well, I know Led Zeppelin. Little... I, I, I was an oldies Motown guy. I was, you know. you know. Oh, I, I like Motown, too. Stevie but Wonder. I like Zeppelin. That's fair. What's, the, what's, what's your top Zeppelin album, Tony? Physical Graffiti, hands down. Not even Hard to go close. wrong with that. The great double album. What's yours, Cos? Not that I well, know, but. Physical Graffiti is a good choice. I'd go Zeppelin, too, because that was the first one I kind of fell in love with. Okay. Yep. I heard a whole lot of love, and that was it. I was hooked. Go go listen to some Zeppelin, Jake. I'll go listen right now. Thanks, Tony. Robert Salazar, handsome bald head. All right, great stuff there from Tony Pauline, breaking down the NFL draft and what the Jets should do. That says goodnight to episode 140 of Gangs All Here, New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out in producing this show make sure you watch this show gangs all here on the new york post sports youtube page find that gangs all here playlist and watch and follow there give us a thumbs up please we appreciate those thumbs up and comment below how are you feeling about the jets is it a super bowl year for gang green and also let us know what you would do with the 15th pick for the Jets. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow Brian Costello at Brian Cos. And if you are an audio person, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to Gangs All Here. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We do appreciate your support. Oh, man, I'm fired up. I was waiting and waiting and waiting. There was some panic. But Joe Douglas, that beautiful cocoa butter bald head, got it done. And the New York Jets have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport. And listen, I'm not going to take any negative views. He's 40. He's crazy. What if he gets hurt? For now, we look at the positive, and that's all you can look at because this roster is stacked. 
The Jets look good, and they look for real. Now go show it. Go prove it. Make the playoffs. Compete for a Super Bowl. It's not out of the realm. Go do it. And Jets fans should be fired up right now. And that's all you could be right now. You can't think about the negatives. You can't think about the schedule. What if this? What if this? You got to look at what you got on paper. And what you got on paper is one of the best teams in the NFL. So be happy, Jets fans, right now. And enjoy the other New York playoff teams. The Rangers right now. The Knicks. Mets and Yankees baseball. What a time to be alive in the New York sports scene. And we'll be back next Monday recapping what happened in the draft. Rodgers is done, so we won't have to worry about that all week. We can just enjoy the draft, see who they pick, and react normally to see who surrounds Aaron Rodgers. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. We'll talk to you next Monday after the draft. And get pumped up, Jets fans. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. We'll see you next week.